Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. So we're going to head into our readings. If you have a Bible, you can get it open at Psalm 22. Uh, This is the third of five in our series of the Psalms of Lament. We've thought about praying our sadness. We've thought about praying our anger. And today, Andrew is going to help us thinking through praying our suffering. So Emma's going to read it, and then over to Andrew, who's going to preach to us. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried out and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who seek me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax, it is melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to all peop- to a people yet unborn, he has done it. Um, Father, I thank you for um, your word. 
And Father, we thank you that it can just help us deal with any situation or any emotion um, that we're going through in our lives. Um, I thank you that you're a God who knows us um, and you know, um, yeah, Father, even just what we're going through and how we're feeling at that time. And I thank you that you do care um, and that we can cry out to you in those times, Father, and that you hear us um, and that you can come and comfort us as well. And I just pray for Andrew as he's coming to speak to us today. Father, I just pray that his spirit, um, that your spirit will just be upon him um, and that you'd be with him. And Father, I just pray that the spirit will be moving through us as well. Um, and yeah, give us ears to listen. And, and Father, may it really impact our lives and may we leave here changed, um, ready to serve you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Emma. Hello, everyone. If you're new to church or we haven't had a chance to chat yet, my name is Andrew and I've been going to CCC for the last four years or so during my time studying at UCD. Now, in Ireland, we love contradictions, don't we? We drop in for a wee cup of tea, knowing fine well that we'll be there for three or four hours. We often say it's grand, when very clearly it is not grand. We tell people that's no hassle at all, all the while actually thinking that is a major inconvenience to me and now I'm beginning to resent you. <laughs> well, what David deals with here in a very real and raw way is what I've heard called the great contradiction. As Christians, we unashamedly believe that God is real, that he is good, and that he loves us. But on the other hand, we see the suffering in the world. We see the tragedy that abounds, as Kerry prayed earlier. We hear about the news, another young person has died drowning. We look at Haiti, we look at Afghanistan. And we also experience suffering on a personal level. Maybe you're sitting here in person or online and you lost your job at the start of the pandemic. And despite your very best efforts, you still remain unemployed. Maybe you've lost a loved one recently, a granny, a brother or sister, a friend. Maybe your mental or your physical health have been great sources of pain and suffering over the last number of years, and it just doesn't seem to be getting any better. How can these two truths coexist? Well, Psalm 22 and the Bible in general doesn't tell us the exact origin or the exact meaning behind every single pain and struggle we or others experience, but it does show us what God is doing about the suffering in the world. Psalm 22 helped David, helped thousands of Israelites, help Jesus, and can help us pray through this contradiction, through lament, protest, and ultimately celebration. Let's dive in a little bit further. When hardship strikes and we begin to suffer in any number of ways, what is our default prayer? Well, if you're like me, it's request, request, request. This is the exact solution, God, that you need to deliver. That's what you need to do. This is what it is. Three points. Here you go. Do that. And it's really good to ask God for help. It's really good. We, we, we should ask him to do things. But all too often in this results-driven world, we skip out on other parts of prayer in times of suffering. But we don't seem to do this in other areas in, in life, in other relationships. With our closest friends and family, we don't purely operate on a stop doing this 
do that basis. No, we say, look, I love you, but when you say this or when you do this, this is how I feel. These are the thoughts and the feelings that those actions ignite. I really struggle and I find it hard when you act that way, when you say that. We don't jump straight to requests. We tell our loved ones how we feel, why we feel that way, what has triggered it. So why do we act differently with God? But I want you to look at what David does in this psalm. Let's read through the text again and see if we can spot his lament and protest and rawness and honesty. Can we learn how to pray, how to lament when prayers aren't answered and how to celebrate when they are? How to lament when prayers aren't answered and how to celebrate when they are? Now, we can be quick to forget that the Psalms are poems, and I want to draw attention to the remarkable structure in this piece of literature. So if you have your Bibles open, um, in per- like with a book or on your phone, please do keep it open, because we'll be jumping back into it. There are three, or fourth, three, and f- there are three back and forths between David lamenting to God about how he's feeling, and then directly reminding God of who he is and what he has done in the past. So let's kick off at the start. Verse 1, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. You can title these verses spiritual suffering. We hear David crying out to God, feeling forsaken and distant, but there is no description of the events that have caused these emotions. Therefore, for anyone throughout history or sitting here today, Psalm 22 can become your Psalm as you suffer. Like David, we can protest to God, why are you not listening? Why are you not helping? It is intense and direct, but it is also personal. David doesn't doubt the existence of God here, but rather speaks directly to him. My God, my God. I cannot be alone in having felt the same way as David many times over. This could be your psalm. As we move on, spiritual suffering leads to David looking up and looking back as we read on from verse 3. Have a look down. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried out, we're saved. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. Now, don't be fooled. The verses where David turns to praise God come a little bit later in the psalm, but these are still very much verses of lament and protest. David looks up to God and exclaims, but you are the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. Why aren't you helping? That's who you are. Why why are you not acting that way? He also looks back to the times when David's ancestors turned and trusted in God and he delivered them. Why aren't you doing that now, God? You did that before. Look back at Exodus. Look at Moses. Look at Noah. Why aren't you doing that now? Have you ever felt like that? This could be your psalm. Moving back to verse 6, we see David's mental suffering. Read with me. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. 
They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let the Lord deliver him, since he delights in him. David continues to pray right through his emotions. This is how I feel, God. Like a worm, everyone is turned against me. They taunt me and they mock me. I wonder if you have ever felt like that. Have you ever walked into the room? There's people everywhere and you feel so small. Suddenly, all your insecurities come to the forefront of your mind. You feel like everyone there is against you. Everyone is judging you. If you felt like that, this could be your psalm. Back to God at verse 9. Yet you brought me out of the womb, God. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. David, again, in lament and protest, paints God as a midwife, someone who helped bring him into the world, who knew him from a young age. Can you relate to that? Do you say, you've been there before, God. You made me trust in you. I've believed in you my whole life. I've worshipped you for years. You know this. This could be your psalm. The rally continues back to David at verse 11. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. I'm poured out like water, all my bones are out of joint. My heart is turned to wax, it is melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a pot's herd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. Here we witness David's physical suffering. The, am the animals symbolize David's enemies encircling and surrounding him. He has nowhere to run. He's famished, he's parched, he's in pain, he's sick. Physical suffering. Can you relate to that? This could be your psalm. So there we have it. 18 verses of intense and raw lament and protest from the depths of David's heart. And then finally, at verse 19, we have a few short and sharp requests. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. David writes, totally aware that God knows what David wants him to do. He spends much more time lamenting and protesting to God rather than listing out his requests. So, can you relate to some of these verses? To all of them, maybe. That is the beauty of Psalm 22. That is the reason why it was sung in the temple by Israelites for hundreds of years. That's why there's that little tag at the very, before verse 1 in your Bible. This is a song. David understands your suffering. 
God understands your suffering. We've been given this great resource along with 50 or so other Psalms, the whole book of Lamentations, to pray through our pain to God. These words are there for a reason. God wants you to use them to get real with him. This is the first half of Psalm 22, 22, 21 verses of lament and protest. But there is a spectacular change of tone in verse 22. Read with me. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. What has happened here? Well, we can only speculate what exactly occurred, but it seems clear that there has been deliverance, an answer to prayer. Now, this may have occurred sometime after the first 21 verses were prayed by David, days, weeks, months, even years after. But it did happen. So what does David do when there is this deliverance? He goes to the temple, to the assembly of God's people, like how we're gathering here today, and shares his story, telling others about the wonders God has performed in his life. David has a party. He celebrates with his friends, his family, and his neighbors. Read on with me, verse 23. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. Can you hear them raising their cups as they say that? May your hearts live forever. Do we have a practice in our own lives where we invite others in to celebrate answers to prayer? Probably not, because this assumes we've invited others in to our times of suffering, of grief, and hardship prior to that answer coming. Western civilization, with the addition of COVID, has made us isolated. We don't want to burden the church family with our struggles or sorrows, but if we don't suffer together, we won't be able to celebrate together. The last few verses of the psalm read, all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive Posterity, which is a, a fancy word for descendants, will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. The end of this psalm reminds us of a great future feast that awaits God's people, when we will all come together and worship God in a world free from sin and free from suffering. On the cross, Jesus takes on David's suffering. He takes on Israel's suffering, our suffering. Everyone who's read that psalm to God, he takes on their suffering. God becomes God forsaken on that cross. That is why 
he cries out the first line from this psalm. He suffered and died so that we don't have to. In John chapter 14, Jesus tells us he's going to his father's house to prepare a room for us and that he'll come back someday and bring us to that great feast. So even if suffering doesn't subside and it seems like prayers are not being answered in this world as we'd like them to, you can come to the assembly of God's people confident in the knowledge that Jesus is preparing us for for our true home, our true healing, our true feast, and our true rest. So what can you do in light of reading and studying this amazing psalm? Well, let me suggest three applications. Look, share, celebrate. Like David, let's look up to God and remind him of who he is, the Holy One, use the psalm, the one enthroned, the one Israel praises. By reminding him, you are also reminding yourself. Look up to God. And then look back to what God has done for our ancestors. When they trusted in him, he delivered them time and time again. You can read about it all through the Old Testament. He saved them and they were not put to shame. Look back in your own life too and see where he has delivered you, where he has answered your prayer. Remind yourselves of that. Come to him every day through through prayer and through reading his word to look up and to look back. Secondly, share. We must share with God how we are feeling. Like David, let's make a habit of coming to God with our pain, with our sorrows, with our grief, our worry, our suffering. Let's be real, let's be honest and intense with him. Of course, let's still thank him and and ask him for action, but let's not skip out on prayers of lament and protest. Let's use scriptures like Psalm 22, amongst many others, to pray the words when we don't have them ourselves. But let's also share our suffering with God's people, the church, As you look around you today in the room here or on the screen on Zoom, you are surrounded by brothers and sisters. Let's tell them when we are struggling. Tell a friend. Tell your city group if you're involved with one. Tell me. Just don't keep it to yourself. And if we are that brother or sister who are listening, let us do it with grace and patience and not judgment or anger. And finally, celebrate. If answers to prayer do come, thank God for them. Tell your Christian family, celebrate all God has done in your life. Imagine if this became commonplace in our church family. We weep with each other in times of suffering, but we feast together when prayers are graciously answered. Grab some mates and go for dinner when you graduate after a tough few years of college where God answered your prayers and got you through those exams. Invite loved ones to your wedding and celebrate the marriage in front of God and his people. After a bout of illness, have your mates over for a barbecue and praise God for all the health he has given you. 
If you've had a baby, if you've started a new job, if you've been reunited with your family after a long absence, thank God and celebrate. But even if in your own personal life, God does not answer your prayers in the way you wish, you can celebrate personally every day and with the church family here every week, confident in the knowledge that ultimately Christ has defeated suffering, he's defeated pain, and he's defeated death. We'll feast in his presence, we'll laugh in his company, and smile with true satisfaction. Let me pray before Leanne sings again. Dear Lord, we're sorry for times where we don't tell you how we're feeling. We're sorry for times that we don't run to you with our pain and our suffering and our grief and our worry. Help us to do that. Help us to make a habit of it this week, in the months, the years to come, Lord. I pray that we can be honest and real with you. Help us to pray like David to you. Help us to, to lean on you, remind you of who you are, remind us of who you are. Help us to share with you our feelings. Help us to share with the church family our feelings, Lord. And mostly help us to celebrate the truth, the good news, the gospel, that because of your death, Jesus, we, we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear suffering. Although the battles rage on, the war has been won. And one day we'll come to that room you've prepared to us. We'll come to that feast. And we can truly celebrate with you. Amen.